I have the privilege this morning of introducing a guest speaker. Um, his name is Bob Johnson. He is also a church planter. If you have been around Church of the City, you will know we are only about four years old, and we started as a very small church plant um, of about 12 people meeting together. And I will let Bob actually tell you more about where they are in the process of planting. They're planting in Wilsonville. Um, but it is a value of ours as a church to hear about other people's experiences in the gospel. And this is a really fantastic opportunity for us to hear what is happening in another faith community as it grows and uh, discovers what God has for it. So, Bob, if you will come join me up here, I will turn it over to you. Very good. Thank you. Good morning. Ah, you are awake. This is good stuff. It is great to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Bob Johnson, and I've been in ministry for, goodness, about 25 years now. And this church planting thing is completely new to me, um, but I'm overly excited about it, and I'll tell you a little bit about it here. You've kind of gone through that journey, uh, depending on where you are and how you've leaned into uh, Church of the City here over the last few years. But uh, just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, my family, we've been uh, very involved in the downtown Portland area for 50 years. Uh, we own a company just down the street, actually, called Steve's Automotive. And uh, my dad being Steve, this is our 50-year anniversary. And uh, this is a, this community it means the world to me because this is where I grew up. And about five-plus years ago, I started seeing information coming across my table about this particular church before it became this church. And I was, I was intrigued. I was excited. I began to fall on my knees and begin praying for you specifically about five, six years ago as the conversation started to take place for this church. So I need to tell you, it is an honor and a true blessing to be able to be here this morning with you as a church family. I am impressed with you, your love for Jesus Christ, your love for this community, your love for the Portland area, and your love for church planting. Uh, you might know this, Russell's up in Alaska right now, and uh, he's up there speaking and, and, and engaging and leaning into a church up there as well. And it's just powerful to see what God's doing, not only in our own community, but throughout our region and uh, throughout our country. And it is true to say that God is alive, and he is well, and he's doing a great work. And in fact, in that, we're going to see that this morning in a, in a scripture text that we're going to be looking at in Matthew. And, and so if you have your Bibles with you, I hope that you would turn to Matthew chapter 13. If you don't, uh, you can go on your phone on the app and follow along as well. I use the NIV version, and so that's what I'll be reading from here uh, this morning as we gather together. Um, but with that, uh, we are looking at... Uh, the parables of Jesus, we're, we're going to break out of that first John text that you're in. There is no way in the world that I'm going to deal with John, that first John chapter four text. I'm going to let Russell handle that one because uh, that one's, that one's going to be an intriguing one and a fun ride for you to go on, but that is not a ride I want to go on today. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with this one and that's uh, preaching on Jesus and uh, share with you some great stories and especially one particular one that Jesus deals with about the sower. Jesus was a master storyteller. And uh, that's one of the things that's so engaging about Jesus Christ. He, he hits us on our level. He understands who we are, and he speaks straight to us. Uh, when I did my graduate work, I was uh, in East Tennessee, and I went to a school called Emmanuel School of Religion, where I did my Master's of Divinity work in church growth and New Testament history. 
And outside, I was in a, in a city, I pastored a church in Greenville, Tennessee, which is just outside of Knoxville. But uh, on the other side of Greenville is this great little quaint town called Jonesboro, Tennessee. If you don't know anything about Jonesboro, or if you do and it strikes a memory for you, it is the storytelling capital of the world. It is the coolest place to go to. Once a year, they have this huge storyteller conference, and they come in, and they would bring in people like Paul Harvey, and Paul Harvey Jr., and all these amazing storytellers, and they would come, and they would, you'd have a week of people telling stories. And you know what stories are like, right? They, they have their stories. They engage you, right, Jonathan? They engage you. They take care of you. They, they bring you into somebody's life so that you can kind of begin to walk through life with them. Well, Jesus does that in this Matthew chapter 13 text. And I want you to, to, to follow along with me. I love the scripture so much that I'd like to have you stand as we read it here this morning, uh, just to honor what God's done and, and how he has uh, blessed us with these, with these words. It is in Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to put my old man glasses on so I can see. Jesus is, uh, you know, these days, right? You kind of want to go and get away. Maybe sit by a lake. Maybe sit by a river, just enjoy the peacefulness of the day. Well, Jesus does this. He kind of goes down to the lake, and he sits down, and he just kind of relaxes. But Jesus, being who he is, this crowd begins to gather around him, so much so that he has to jump into a boat and go out into the lake. And while he's in this lake, he tells this story. And here it is. Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 3. He tells them many things in parables, these stories saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred 60 or 30 times what was sown. And then Jesus ends by saying, whoever has ears, let him hear. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, it's truly a blessing to come together and be a part of Church of the City. To see, God, how they are casting the seed, the good news, uh, throughout this community. That God, um, they see the growth, they see the produce they see you at work. And Father, I pray for a blessing upon Church of the City. I pray for this church family that they would continue to look outwardly, that they would continue to serve you, but they would continue to cast the seed of good news in a community that's dark and hurting and broken. So Father, I pray that you guide us and direct us through this this morning, that would be, we would honor you in our time together as we come to you and worship you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Oh, well, you may be seated. This, this text that we walk through here um, today is so intriguing. Jesus starts with this story about casting seed. Now, if you've ever planted a garden, you would know that what you do not do is you don't just take seed and you just throw it. If you've ever planted a garden, and I'll take corn, for instance. My parents had a very large garden, and when I was a kid, I would help them plant this garden. And when you do corn, what you do is you, you create these rows and then you would take seed and you would plant them, oh goodness, maybe eight inches apart through a row. It was very organized, very OCD. It worked right up my alley, right? 
So you, that's how you plant. You put it in there and then the corn grows and you got these perfect rows and it's cool. But you wouldn't take corn seed and just scatter. You just don't do that. So immediately when the people start to hear this story, they're sucked in. They're engaged. They're listening. They're like, what? A farmer goes out and just scatters a seed? I don't get that. So immediately they start listening. This parable is found in many, many different gospels. Uh, you, you're going to see it three or four times throughout the scriptures. But this indiscriminate casting of the seed is one that's intriguing. No matter which gospel you read, it's in all accounts. And some things I want us to learn uh, this morning about that. There are three things. So I don't, if you have anything to write on, great. There's little cards there. If you just kind of want to soak this in, that's outstanding. But there's three categories I want us to look at. It's the character of the king, the character of God's kingdom, and the character of us, his laborers. Those are the three categories we're going to look at and some things we learn about. And so I'm going to walk through those first two really quickly, and then I'm going to get to us here this morning. So some things you quickly learn about. And I want you to see this. The character of God's kingdom is so intriguing because what you learn very, very quickly about this story, about what Jesus is talking about is this. As he casts this seed, you learn that God's good news is all-inclusive. It's for everybody. It's not just for a certain sect of people. It's not for a certain type, a certain look, a certain gender. It's not any of those. God's good news is for all of us. And that's one of the things that I've always loved so much about my Jesus Christ. That he loves you and he loves me and he loves my neighbor. He loves all of us. And you, and you got to know, living in the Portland area, there, there, people don't look like me all the time. And I don't look like them. But God loves them so much. And I love that about him. And uh, that's one of the really neat aspects of Church of the City. You are a, you are a church of this city. You're all inclusive. This good news is for everyone. And you see that, not only that, in the casting of the seed, you also note that, you know what? He's active and he's alive. There are those who will say, God's dead. God's not active. God's not a part of my life. God's not doing anything. And I got to tell you what, that's completely not who he is. And I pray that you've seen him actively alive in your life. Let me show you another part of this. Not only the character of the kingdom, but we also see this character of the king, of Jesus Christ himself. You learn this. Jesus doesn't hide. He doesn't hide. For some of us, we accept our, you know, we're in this relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know these days, right? I've had them. Where you walk and you're just like, man, where is he? What is he about? Where did he go? He said I was in this relationship with him, and goodness gracious, I'm not, you know, I looked to the side, I looked to the left, I don't know where he is. Well, maybe he's not there. Well, you know, we've learned through life that he's always there. He's walking beside us. He's taking care of us. He's loving on us. I got to tell you what, uh, planting a church is such a unique thing. You have your good days, and you have your bad days. You have your days of highs, you've got your days of lows. And some of those days you're like, Jesus, man, I'm doing this for you. Where, where did you go? This church that we're looking, uh, that we are planting in Wilsonville, it's called the bridge. Um, I love the imagery of that. You've probably heard of the bridge. There's lots of bridges. There's Bridgetown. There's the bridge here in Portland. There's a bridge out in the Southeast. There's, they're kind of all over the place. Now, no affiliation, but I love the imagery that comes with that. Because we're the type of people that are to bridge this gap 
between us and God and help them. Jesus Christ is that bridge and get them over to that relationship with Jesus Christ, with God himself. With that, there are, um, as we kind of walk through that and we try to put these pieces together, we have those days, you know, Jesus, where are you? You're, we're walking through this. There are some things we want people to understand, especially as they come out of the bridge. Um, and, I, and I know that they're the same kind of things that you're looking at here at Church of the City. If somebody attended the bridge, we want them to know three things. One, we want them to have a relationship with Jesus. Why? Because he's alive and he's active and he wants to be a part of their life. Secondly, we want them to be a reflection of Jesus. So not only have a relationship with him, but reflect him. And that's one of the things I love about Russell. I love about his wife. I love about your team. And I love about you. You reflect Jesus powerfully in this community. In fact, my wife and I were here, gosh, several months ago, and uh, you were actively involved in some ministries that are taking place within this community. And I was moved by your reflection of Jesus Christ in that. And I just want to tell you this. I mean, continue to be that blessing here in Portland. Continue to be the blessing here in Southwest and Northwest and, and through the downtown area because you know this community needs that. It needs Jesus Christ to be reflected. The third thing we want people, if they go to the bridge, we want them as well. We want them to replicate Jesus or reproduce in him. We want them to be disciples. We want them to make disciples for Jesus Christ. So as we walk through this, you'll see the character of the king. Those are three really big aspects of Jesus Christ himself. And what I love about Jesus is he brings clarity to so much of what we're going through in life. And in this text, he brings clarity about the type of people that we're going to come across. Now, we deal with this in our life. And these are the type of people that we're going to come across here as we share the good news of Jesus Christ. So if you look back in your scriptures, Jesus explains what this parable is all about. So he's kind of sucked them in. They've listened. And then he explains the character of us. So let me read this to you. It is in Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 18. It says this, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This was the seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who, has, who hears the word and once receives it with joy. But because they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who has ears and who hears the word, but the worries of, the, of this life and the deceitfulness of the wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who refers, who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And so what you see is Jesus what I love about him is he has great perspective and he completely understands his audience and who he's dealing with. And so he lists out these four soils, right? What's the first one? It's path, the pathway. It's trampled. It's, uh, people are walking all over it. It's hardened. And so when you cast the seed on that soil, 
what he's saying is these are the people who hear, but they don't accept the truth. It's intriguing because as he walks through that, you've, you know what that's like. You've cast that seed. You've shared the good news. You've shared your story, and they just didn't hear. Their hearts are hardened. That pathway is hardened. And so it just doesn't take root. And I want you to hear something that Jesus is saying. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that they didn't hear. Not only that, Jesus says, man, I got perspective. I get it. Even I can cast the seed. And there are those who just won't hear. Because that's the nature of who we are as people. Some are hardened. There are those who are rocky, right? They just got crud in their lives. They just got stuff. Rocks all over the place. And that seed gets cast. It starts to grow. But what happens? There's very little root. So when that sun comes, it burns it away. These are the people who wither away through trials. Just the first thing that comes up, maybe they get sick or somebody in their life, something happens tragically and they just go, you know what? I told you, Jesus doesn't let, he doesn't care. And so they just wither away and they die. Then you've got the thorny ground. These are the people who hear, they believe, they start to grow. But here's what Jesus says. I never became number one in their life. I never was the most important person. And so when that happened, other things, um, I'm sorry, I'll just throw stuff out. Fishing, boating, sporting, whatever hobbies come along, they become number one in their, those lives, whatever that is. And they wither away because those things become important. At the bridge in Wilsonville, here's our target group. It is young families who are busy, who are broken, and who are living in a messy, crazy world. They're busy. There's too much going on. And they don't have time for Jesus Christ. And then you've got the fourth soil, right? The rich. The rich soil. The people who hear, the people who believe, the people who grow, and the people who reproduce. That's the kind of soil that Jesus is saying, man, that, those are the kind of people we're looking for. Those are you, this kind of people, who love him that much, who are letting him grow, and then you're learning to reproduce yourself. And so how do you get there? How do we get to that point? I kind of focus on this as we kind of wrap things up here this morning. How do you get to be that kind of person, that you're the rich kind of soil? Well, I think this is true for us, and it's true for our community. There are three things. First, you've got to work the soil. You've got to work it. When When I was growing up, my parents had a big old Toro rototiller. You know anything about rototillers, man? They can, they can take control of you if you don't know what you're doing. These big things, you started up, and I was a little kid, and I'd go around the garden, and that thing would just take me all around the garden, all over the place, and I'm trying to break up the ground so that we can build this garden. And what I learned very quickly is to have a good garden, that ground, that soil's got to be broken. It's got to be tilled up. And i got to tell you what, not only does it need to be broken out there in this community, but we have to be broken. And sometimes before Jesus can really get deep, we have to break. And I'm not praying for that necessarily to happen to you, but I get it. I get it. Goodness, 14 years ago, um, I went through a divorce. And that broke me. 
Because for 25, 30 years, being in ministry, being a lead pastor and preaching and teaching, um, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. And then you fail in that way. It's hard. It's so hard that you just want to retreat and run away. But it was at that time that Jesus broke that ground. He broke it, and I started to watch that seed get planted and grow deeper and deeper and deeper. I got to tell you what, the first thing one must do is that that soil has got to be broken. It's got to be tilled up. Here's the second thing. You got to put down roots. So not only, not only does your soil need to get broken, you need to let Jesus Christ break that and work through you. You need to let those roots grow deep. And there are lots of ways to do that, but I really want to encourage you. One of the greatest ways to do that is by plugging in and doing life with one another. You have life groups, you got uh, small group Bible studies, and those opportunities for you as a church family to get involved in. I'm going to tell you what, jump into those. Be a part of that. That's how Jesus goes deep in you. My son, Cade, is here this morning, so I'll end with that story. He's here today. He goes to Oregon State University in the engineering department there, so I'm super proud of my, my boy. But years and years ago, goodness, you were 19, right? So 17-plus years ago, um, we were with our life group. We had a big birthday party, and uh, Cade was sitting in this uh, high chair. Now, you don't need to get on me. I get this. You get this little list from the doctor when you're when you have a baby and the things you should and shouldn't eat, right? Well, um, somehow he got popcorn given to him. That's like a big no-no for infants to be eating any kind of popcorn or anything like that. So he starts eating popcorn because it was on his little tray. And as he eats this popcorn, one gets stuck down in his throat and he starts coughing and choking and he's not breathing very well. So I'm the savior, I'm the dad, and I come in and I give a big pat on his back and I do a couple of those and, you know, dislodges it and he starts, he starts to breathe. He's doing well. He's not coughing. Everything's good. I saved his life. That's the kind of dad I am, right? This is amazing. And uh, so I'm pretty proud of myself. You know, things are great and hunky-dory until the next morning he wakes up and he's, he's whistling when he breathes. And that's not a good sign, by the way, when that starts to happen. And so we hear this whistling, we're like, mm, that's not good. Call the pediatrician. Immediately, the pediatrician gets an appointment at the Phoenix Children's Hospital. We were living in Mesa, Arizona at the time. And uh, that appointment wasn't for about 48 hours. So we had to wait. They're like, you know, he's going to be fine, but, you know, you just got to go see, the, uh, go to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. So that appointment comes up, you know, two days later. We get in the van, we start to head to the hospital. He stops whistling. This is great news, but we're going to keep our appointment. Obviously, things are okay, but we're going to still go. And we get there, and immediately, they, they look down his throat, and they say, he needs to go into surgery right now. Man, your kid's like not even two. And they take him, and they pick him up, and they whisk him away. And I remember just looking down the hallway as the nurse is literally trotting down like she's not walking slowly they're like semi running down the hallway with Cade in her hands and I'm sitting there going yeah what's going on well what had happened was that popcorn seed had gotten lodged down to the top of his lung and it had inflamed it so much the reason why he was whistling was because there was a obstruction in that airway and then the reason why he stopped whistling was because that lung collapsed. 
So that's why this was urgent. And they whisked him away into a 20-minute surgery that was over two hours. And during that time, you know, we're scared, we're terrified. We walk out of, while they're taking Kate down the hallway, we walk out and we go into the waiting room. And sitting in the waiting room are five dads. Those are the men in our life group. These guys were business owners, CEOs, psychologists. I mean, they had very busy schedules. And they dropped their schedule for that day because their son went into surgery. That's doing life together. That's putting roots down. That's allowing Jesus Christ to grow deeply because we did that together. And if there's anything I can encourage you to do, learn to do life with others. Get plugged in that way in the ministry so that when those rocky times come, you've got people to lean on. You've got Jesus Christ right there with you. Uh, like I said, the end of the story is, I mean, he's got issues. But he's here. And I'm so happy about that. And that surgery at the end uh, turned out really, really good. But we were able to get through that because we had put down roots. And third, let me give you this. You've got to maintain the garden. You've got to maintain the garden. You've got to take care of it. This is the thing I hated the most growing up. Because my mom would say, i got to go out and do the chores. And the chores were, I needed to weed the garden. Anybody like weeding? There is not one hand in this room, right? It's just not fun. Now, I like to go out and do yard work. I, I actually really, really enjoy that. But I don't like getting down on my knees and pulling all of the weeds. My hands get dirty. My knees get dirty. My back hurts. My knees hurt. Everything hurts because it takes all this work. But if you don't weed the garden, what happens? It chokes everything else out. Nothing else is going to grow. Nothing else is going to flourish. Do you get where Jesus is going? I mean, does that give you a mental image? You know, one of the things I hate doing, I hate weeding crap out of my life. It takes a lot of work. It's a lot of effort and it hurts. And my fingers and my hands get dirty and my knees hurt because you know how I weed? I get on my knees and I begin to pray. It, stuff gets sore. It gets there. It's a hard job but you've got to do it to have a healthy garden. And Jesus says, you've got to go in, you've got to weed, you've got to take that stuff out of there. You've got to maintain that garden over and over and over again. And here's the reason, and here's the big idea I want you to end up with this morning out of this text. The big idea out of this is that if you can do that, if you can work the soil, if you can put down roots, and if you can maintain this garden, you will become a blessing to your community. You will become a blessing to the people around you. You will become a blessing to Portland. You will become a blessing as church of the city. The vision of this church is not to be a church here. It's church of, it's not the church of this building. It's the church of what? Of the city. And how do you do that? How do you keep that outward focus? How do you continue to live that way? You learn to bless. You learn to bless because you've worked the soil, you've put down the roots, you've maintained the garden, and now you can turn and be a blessing by casting the seed, the good news of Jesus Christ. Because this story never was about the unproductive soil. It was always about the productive soil. 
the soil that truly became a blessing. So let me give you this as, you clo- as we close here this morning. Five things. Bless, okay? I love these kind of things because it helps me remember. B-L-E-S-S, bless. How do you bless? First, you begin with prayer. That's your B. You begin with prayer. Uh, you might know who Sean Tomei is. He has had the opportunity to come here and be a part. Uh, I believe he's spoken here before. Um, Sean is a director of Northwest Christian Evangelistic Association, one of the partners of Church of the City. Sean has bad knees. He's really bad knees. Um, he's a surfer. He loves to surf, but those knees kind of jack him up at times, but he still gets on the waves and he still surfs. But I'm going to tell you why Sean has bad knees. That guy prays. He prays and he prays and he prays. I'm sure he has bad knees for other reasons, but I always say the reason why he has bad knees is because he's on his knees all the time praying. I'm an advocate of bad knees because that means we're falling on our knees and praying. We need to start by becoming those kind of people, praying people. So begin with prayer. Here's the second thing. You need to listen. You know, in this parable, Jesus says, if you have ears, hear. You've got to listen. You've got to listen to the good news. You've got to listen to how much Jesus does love you. You need to let that resonate in your life over and over again. He loves me despite my sin. He loves me. I take communion. He loves me. He's died on the cross. He loves me. He cares for me. He cares for my community. And you have to be a reflection of that same love because you listened to it. You've heard it and you've let it penetrate in your life. Listen and listen to your community. Owning a business in downtown Portland, you know what I do every day? I listen because I hear what's going on in downtown Portland. And it makes my heart break. And it really also allows me to understand what it is that I need to do to be a blessing in Portland. You can do the same thing. So begin with prayer, listen. Eat. Here's your E for bless. B-L-E. Eat. What I mean by that is sit down and eat with people. Invite them to your homes. Take them out to dinner. Have a barbecue. Do those kind of things that you begin to do life with others. Eat with them. The next thing is serve. Serve. And that's one of the powerful things about Church of the City. Your ability to serve. You keep going in that. You be a blessing in that. Begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve. And here's the final one, story. Tell your story. You don't have to be Billy Graham. You have a story that people really, really want to listen to. Um, About three weeks ago, I had surgery. Anybody ever have surgery? How many of you have had surgery before? Yeah, so a number of you. This is my first one. I've never had surgery before. So I was like terrified. This whole thing, you know, being put out, you know, and it was funny because, you know, they put the IV in you and then you start to feel this stuff going in and you're like, man, that really hurts. And the anesthesiologist said, yeah, not for long. The next thing I remember is, Bob, Bob, are you awake? Everything was over. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. What did you do? This is great. Well, I had surgery, and I remember after surgery, I get done, and I'm laying there in the bed. The nurse comes in. The doctor comes in. Another nurse comes in. My wife is in the, in, in the room as well. We're all in there. And uh, the, the nurse, the doctor knew my story. The nurse asked, so what do you do? 
Huh, that's easy. I'm planting a church in Wilsonville. I just told her my story. Do you know what, at the end of that story, what she said? I want to go. She's not a believer, but I'm going to go. Because I led her into my life just a little bit. I just told her the story. We all have stories. And I want to encourage you that God works through that story in super powerful ways. And that's why he tells this amazing parable about the sower. He engages through story. And I believe in all my life, I believe in all my heart, that the exact same way for you to be an impact upon this community is to be a blessing in Portland. So I pray for you. I will continue to pray for you. And I'm very excited about your story as a church, a story that you have individually, because you literally can change this city and turn it upside down for Jesus Christ. If you have ears, I pray that you hear. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blessing of the morning to be blessed myself by Church of the City, to be blessed by your story in the Gospels, to be blessed by your incredible love for us and for me. I thank you, Jesus Christ, for taking care, for watching over. I pray that God, as we seek to reach not only Wilsonville and beyond, but as we seek to reach Portland, and especially this particular area, there are so many needs, so many broken people, so many busy lives, and people who need to know you. God, may we be a reflection of this powerful love that you've shown to us. God, we love you. We lift you high. And this morning, we truly give you all of the praise. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Bob, for sharing. Um, I wanted to add one of my favorite things that Jesus does is he never prefaces his um, parables with the qualifications of the main character. So you don't know that the sower has actually ever sowed seeds before. Like you don't know that he has any sort of a garden or has any kind of experience. And I, I take that on a lot of levels. Like I take that as like any stage of life that you're at or um, any stage of like brokenness that you feel in your life that God's not looking for a certain requirement or a certain uh, set of letters behind your name. That's not what the story is about. It's not, again, not about the sower, but like the beauty that you can do where you're at. Um, so I just, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. That was powerful.